Well, if you'll open your Bible to the book of 1 Samuel, page 260, actually we're going to be on page 259, but 260, 259, we'll find our places. I want to talk today about when it is good to look back. Now, if you think about that, the, the statement itself implies it's not always good to look back, but it also implies that there are times it is good to look back. For example, I think most of us yesterday looked back to 9-11-2001, now that was 22 years ago, when the uh, horrible, horrible evil took place there in New York. And of course, there yesterday they had ceremonies about that, but I, I really, and you saw it on TV and all of us, you know, most of us in the room, probably all of us remember where we were when we learned that those planes hit the first tower, the, where one plane hit the first tower and the second plane hit the second tower. I, I remember where I was and uh, perhaps you remember where you were. I, I was thinking about that a lot yesterday. And you say, well, what's good about looking back? Well, that'd be a whole sermon for another time. <clears throat> for one thing, just to remind us, <laughs> there is an enormous amount of evil in this world. And it was not confined to 9-11-2001. It's still rampant. The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking who can devour. I'll tell you another, uh, you know, every November... I would think most of us, as we get real close to Thanksgiving, we, we, it, we'll sit on TV, we'll read you something, but then we'll, we'll think, oh, oh, it was November the 22nd of 1963 when President Kennedy was going through the motorcade in Dallas and the assassin shot and killed the President of the United States. Now, I'm not going to ask people to raise hands, but if you stop and think, You'll remember that. You, you probably remember where you were. I, I remember where I was when I learned that that had happened. And, you know, you look back on that and, uh, you know, you don't want to just focus entirely on it, but I think there are lessons to be learned. Now, in life, all of us, I would think, look back on things. Sometimes we look back on our successes, and that can be a good thing unless we let it become a prideful thing. I think I'm encouraged sometimes to look back and think, well, you know, I, I, I tried something and it worked. You know, uh, I, I say to the church staff, the ministers, if you don't ever try things and nothing ever fails that you try, you're not doing anything. Just understand. Now, if you just fail at everything you do, we want to help you find a job at another church. But, you know, we don't want to fail at everything. But, I mean, I look back at many things that I did that I thought, well, you know, that, that thing really worked out pretty good. But I could name you some other things that I thought would work out pretty good, and they didn't. Well, I, I think it's good to look back, and you ask, you know, I always say to the staff, if you try something that doesn't work, number one, maybe, maybe you didn't go about it right. Maybe you didn't cover all your bases you know, maybe we need to, you know, make a shot at that again. And after about two or three times, and it fails two or three times, we need to have a funeral and bury that thing. You know, Baptists, we're not good. If things fail, we just keep on failing. Well, there's just a point where you say it's time to move on. Well, you know, I think that's good. You look back and say, but then 
you know, we look back and sometimes we see our failures and uh, we all have failures that we sometimes look back and see. And uh, you say, well, what's good about that? Well, I think there, I think there are things good about that. We learn from our failures. For one thing, the, the key is we don't want to just stay focused on our failures. There, there are many people that really live right there because what happens if we stay focused on our failures, they'll paralyze you. And, and you just can't, that's just all you see. You just say, well, I failed at this. And you just, you just can't get over that. Well, you, you know, you have to move on in life, learn from it and, and, and do better next time. But I think this is one reason that the Holy Spirit inspired the apostle Paul to write that verse in Philippians where Paul said, and it's well said, he said, this one thing I do, you know, the verse, forgetting those things which are behind I press on and look to those things that are ahead. And so there has to be a balance. We don't want to ignore the past. We want to learn from the past, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes, stay humble in them. But, but we can't just live that way. You know, you, you just, it, it takes a lot of discipline to do that. You know, it's like in life, it's, it, it's, it's like driving your vehicle. We, 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 we look out the windshield, hopefully, more than we do the rearview mirror. But now we need to look in the rearview mirror. I do when I'm driving along. I'm, I pay attention to what's back there, thinking, you know, what I need to see, what I need to do, what I need to be on guard about. But I don't drive down the highway just staring in the rearview mirror. If I did, I'd crash. We need to look through the windshield more than we look through the rearview mirror. And it's, it's a good thing when we really get that balance. Now, you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with everything. Because in life, we face challenges. We all do. And as we're going through challenges, if, if, if we don't look ahead, if, if we don't look in the right direction, then, then the next thing that happens is we just get defeated. Now, I think, for me, one of the best examples in the Bible to learn a great lesson at this point is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It would have to be one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I hope you're there. It's that chapter that tells us about David and Goliath. And so, you know, it, look, you're in chapter 17, but let's go back here like in verse number two. And let me just read a few little verses here and kind of set the stage and we'll move right along. It says, Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah. I've been right in this valley. I've been right in this valley. Uh, we won't get to go to this valley on our trip when we go back in, in four weeks because the schedule doesn't work out. But, but I've been there two or three times. Well, here's the situation. There they were. And they drew up battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there's the valley between them. And I've stood right there. And boy, this, this scripture just comes so alive. Now, you know the story. The Bible says the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. Israel on the other side, verse 4. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath whose height was six cubits and a span. This, this giant is a little over nine feet tall. 
He had on a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, about 120 pounds. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. On his staff of his spirit was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. I think that's about 125 pounds, and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried, 